Good morning. Welcome to the news around Uganda. I am Lydia Lakwonyero. In a top national story, the National Consultative Forum has asked all parties with membership in the Inter-Party Organization for Dialogue, also known as IPOD, to embrace Friday's IPOD summit to be chaired by President Yoel Museveni on behalf of the NRM as one of the ways to address some of the loopholes of the just-concluded elections. The body spokesperson, Michael Orachi Osinde, made the appeal to all political party leaders in IPOD to avoid absenting themselves from the summit, saying it is a golden opportunity for a dialogue between all parties. The call comes after two political parties, including the Forum for Democratic Change and the Justice Forum, declared that they are not attending, attributing their boycott to unimplemented resolutions of IPOD. But Osinda said a boycott is no solution to the problems they are raising. I call upon uh, all the political parties, political parties leaders, we as National Consultative Forum, that when it comes to issues to do with the dialogue, let's not bring technicalities that it is seven chairing. The picture that should be painted is that dialogue is healthy for this country, Uganda. That is the picture. The technicality of who chairs is a good coincidence in our view, in our view, that this time around it is NRM chairing. Tomorrow it will be Jema. Another day it will be Noob. Osinde has also advised political party leaders in the iPod to learn how to associate with people of divergent views, saying the move will sustain stability in the country. Touching on unemployment, the Ministry of Gender has pledged to support organizations that provide skills to the youth since it is a major way of fighting joblessness. The Permanent Secretary of the Ministry, Agri Chibenge, says many youth have passion to engage in some activities, but they are let down by the lack of special skills which can enable them to set up their own jobs. Chibenga was speaking at the launch of Motive Uganda, an initiative by a private organization which equips the youth with special skills. We have committed ourselves as the ministry responsible for gender, labor and social development to support these initiatives, to increase advocacy for this approach. And uh, I've been engaging with my colleagues, uh, the technical people at the Ministry of Gender, Labor and Social Development. Government has already committed to promoting industrial parks and uh, across the country for purposes of killing young people, for purposes of providing workspace for them to create and innovate, we can start by working together uh, with Motive. The lead trainee at the MasterCard Foundation, which is one of the sponsors of the organization, Arnold Biarugaba, said the youth must be sensitized in various areas of business. Really would like to focus on one is access to markets, access to finance, promotion and protection of the intellectual property rights. Because I could come up with a very brilliant idea and conceptualize it and put together a product, but is there a framework to protect my innovation, my creativity? Access to knowledge and training, and I like that component of uh, what we're trying to achieve. Is it enough to just provide the tools? Or there's a need to upskill, to train, introduce them to areas of value addition, network and cluster development. Meanwhile, the government is set to spend $400 million to connect people in the different parts of the country to the national grid under the electricity connection policy arrangement. 
This was revealed by the Minister for Energy and Mineral Development, Mary Goretti Chitutu, while launching the resumption of the free electricity connection policy established in 2018 after it was temporarily halted in December last year due to financial constraints. She said they have already procured over 87,500 connection materials under the African Development Bank funding, in addition to the 2,598 materials under the Islamic Development Bank funding. She also revealed that the government has allocated 14.2 billion shillings to UEDCL and small service providers to partly pay for already-made connections and commence new connections on March 8th. She adds that the policy will increase connections made annually from the average 70,000 to 300,000 and asked Ugandans to report anyone asking them for money. These are free connections and I want to urge Ugandans to report anyone who demands for any extra coin from these service providers because this has already been paid for by government and all these service providers have also been paid to go and connect people free. So those who had already paid 20 thousand shillings should not add any shilling. Anyone who asks for any additional money, they should report. And we have our lines ready in the ministry and we shall swing into act. Let's see what's happening in the education sector. The Ministry of Education and Sports has threatened to close all schools which are currently forcing parents to take their children to boarding without their consent. The ministry says they have had several complaints from the public of schools which were previously day or day and boarding, but now they want all the students to be in boarding. Kedres Turiagenda, the Director of Education Standards at the Ministry of Education, while addressing the media yesterday, said this is unacceptable and they will not hesitate to close such schools in case they land on them. When we sent out the first guideline and we said choose what to be, the category that had issues was that which had day and boarding. The rest of the schools are supposed to operate in their formal accepted classification. Some schools have actually converted some classes into dormitories. They have no facility for boarding, they have no sanitation, they have no security. It's not acceptable. We are going to move out and close them. Last week, there was an uproar after Bishop's secondary school in Mukono closed the day section and asked the previous day scholars to join the boarding section. Parents who have been paying 380,000 shillings for a day scholar were all of a sudden asked to pay 860,000 shillings for the boarding section. In western Uganda, the police in Kagadi are hunting for an 18-year-old student for allegedly cutting and wounding his biological father with a panga or machete. The suspect has been identified as Andrew Cohen, son to Andrew Musinguzi, a resident of Kabuga village in Mohoro sub-county Kagadi district. Fausta Mbabazi, an eyewitness, told our reporter that she heard Musinguzi screaming for help in a room and on opening it, she found Cohen with a machete holding his father to the ground. Musingus said that it all started when he told his son to prepare himself to go back to school for senior five. Cohen completed ordinary level at Kagadi Secondary School in 2019, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, he had not yet gone back to school. Simon Peter Aimai, the officer in charge of operations at Kagadi Police Station, said they are now in pursuit of the young man to bring him to book. He added that this is not the first time this boy is attacking his father for forcing him to study. 
The resident district commissioner of Mbarara, Godfrey Mbetejerize, wants all stakeholders to work together for the development of the district. Mbetejerize revealed this during a stakeholders meeting held at Kakongi sub-county headquarters. He expressed his disappointment at politicians who are at war among themselves and their supporters because of the recent concluded political season. He urged the people of Mbarara to put aside all their political, social, economic and religious differences and work towards developing the district. And have teamwork because we need one another. We may have differences, we have disagreements, but the Bible says, agree to disagree, but disagree agreeably. When you fight, don't eat one another. When we have differences, sit down, come up with a resolution, and don't judge one another. Let the judge, who is God, judge you, but handle matters as brothers and sisters, because we are in a system. We need one another as Ugandans. That's why we preach patriotism. But when you hear people fighting in tribes, fighting in religions, fighting in socioeconomic classes, that's irregular, and it can't take us anywhere. Meanwhile, in Teso, authorities in Soroti City are planning to relocate Soroti Regional Referral Hospital to a new location in the Eastern Division. Soroti Regional Referral Hospital was established in the mid-1920s as a treatment center for syphilis. It was elevated to a district hospital in 1978 and it became a referral hospital in 1996. Moses Otimong, the city clerk, says the health ministry has already written a letter to the city asking the authorities to start thinking of relocating the hospital to a spacious place. He says the city authorities have so far toured 19.4 titled acres of land in Arapai Town Council and over 20 acres of land in Soroti University where they propose the regional referral hospital should be relocated. However, the city authorities have been advised to get space for the regional hospital and regional blood bank near Soroti University such that it will serve also as a teaching hospital. The present structures for the regional referral hospital will remain at Soroti City Hospital, according to the city clerk. He says the new spacious location for Soroti Regional Referral Hospital, which is most likely to be at Soroti University, will allow new developments to take place, unlike the current space, which has limited land. The government has a, a bigger intention to provide a, quite a number of programs in the regional hospital. But the current space in that area cannot accommodate. And in the letter from the permanent secretary, say that while you are considering to get space, you should be near Soroti University, such that we are able to get a teaching hospital. And we are able to also to provide a regional blood bank within that vicinity of Soroti University. We had the discussions with the professor and his team. We have had the preliminary meetings. And we, I think it is universally agreed that we need to fast track and avail land such that we can have Soroti Regional Referral Hospital relocated from where it is to a place near the university to facilitate two functions. One, provide a teaching hospital in, within the vicinity of the university and also provide a referral service in the health sector. Soroti Regional Referral Hospital is one of the 13 regional hospitals in Uganda. The hospital is designated as one of the 15 internship hospitals in Uganda where graduates of Ugandan medical schools can serve one year of internship under the supervision of a qualified specialist or consultant. In Koboko district, proprietors of private schools have criticized the government for not providing a stimulus package for private schools to support the fight against COVID-19. 
The Ministry of Education and Sports has budgeted 1.5 million shillings for government-aided schools to procure equipment to enhance the implementation of SOPs. David Aliga, the head teacher of Ombachi Self-Help School in Koboko, says they are likely to face challenges in enforcing the SOPs because of financial limitations. As private schools, the administration is run based on the small monies that parents pay. And because of hardship, some parents could not manage to pay once and maybe to help run the administration. And the challenge is majorly government did not put in mind students from private schools as government children. And to the leaders outside there, we should also look into these children as nationals. Tom Obeti, the head teacher of Koboko Town College, wonders why the government is not bothered with the contribution of private schools to the education sector and the economy. You see, people who are running education in this country to be forgetting that the private sector is a big player in as far as the building up of human capital is concerned. If you go by statistics, there are more private schools than government schools. And these children are only in private school, but these are Ugandans. So it is sometimes disheartening when schools, as you have just mentioned, given money from the taxpayers' consolidated fund, but they forget the multitude of children who are in the private sector. We didn't get such money. This is not the first time the private sector is sidelined in as far as the resource allocation is concerned. We are now used to it. You know, if a child knows that he is not liked in the home, such a child usually prepares better. Why Dragamulai, the acting DEO of Koboko, says the government has not abandoned the private institutions but has specific contributions to make. The issue of the SOP funds are only given to the government-aided schools. These private schools here, the parents have to sit down for PTA meeting, they sit down and then they make an agreement on how they can support the running of these other schools in order for their learners to meet the required demands which are in the government-aided through mutual agreement. It is not a false thing that the proprietors of these schools can say they wanted such a thing to be that. No, they have to bring it to the parents in the meeting and the parents have to consent. If they cannot consent, then they can go by what is necessary. But if they don't meet, we don't grant them the status. Our sister radio station, Arua One, has established that schools last received the funds in 2020. To date, no communication has been made about the next disbursement of the funds. But the chief administrative officer of Koboko, Simon Bimbona, says the money they received was transferred to the school's account. This brings us to the end of the news around Uganda. I'm Lydia Lakonyero. Thank you for tuning in.